two little mice fell in a bucket of cream. The first mouse quickly gave up and drowned. The second mouse wouldn't quit. He struggled so hard that eventually he turned that cream into butter and crawled out. Gentlemen, as of this moment, I am that second mouse. It's amazing. He's talking about motorcycle insurance. Now let's start the show. Step back on the cold. Problems. Mm. Tell us the fuck. Ladies and gentlemen, the CO double MON synonym for fresh truth is the emblem. Well, hello, you fucks. Welcome to another rousing episode of the Second Mouse Podcast. It is I. <laughs> fucking Jack. <laughs> fucking your friend. Your friend, Twank Queen. Oh, God, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're listening, the show, all that. Subscribe, all that. All right. Who deserved to get slapped more? Oh, was it Chris Rock or Ed Marinero? Why? Did he also put Jada Pinkett in his mouth? No, but he was far more annoying than fucking Chris Rock was. <laughs> this fucking... um I, I didn't know who he was it took me a second i had to like learn from like what the announcers were saying like they were talking over his monologue because it was so fucking dreadful he he, I... he he if you if you guys don't know who ed marinero is he is a former vikings player. i didn't even know he was a, a football player uh but he was on the show got the build. as the head coach and this guy just would not shut the hell up doing a guest pick for the Vikings. And eventually the the uh, the producer had to step out and point at the card telling him. He said, quote, I got the hint. I'm like, I don't think he did. Because he sounded like he would have just went on for another 10 minutes. The NFL draft is already long enough. We don't need, like, very bad jokes that is being said to an audience that really is not there for people talking. They're really there just to see who's getting drafted. There was no shortage of gimmicks though, for this draft. It's oh. not a time for Someone a career got, pivot. Dude, dude, people got married on stage before one of the draft picks. Yeah. It was dumb. <laughs> I thought I saw it was really random. They had like an Egyptian and like a Greek goddess on stage too. It was, it was something. I saw the Blue Man group. and <laughs> Wait, they, what? Yeah, the Blue Man group was there. Please tell just, me they did the Giants, right? No, no, because they don't talk. Like, that's their whole shtick. And there was one point where they do this whole, like, like I don't know. They, they're spitting paint at, a, like, a white piece of paper or something. And then Roger Goodell's like, okay, that was the Blue Man group. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck is going on here? Who the fuck? Like, it's the longest, like, it's the longest variety show. Chris Angel was of any format. Air in a like, like, uh, like, I think in chains or something. It's just so fucking weird, man. I really hate the NFL draft for all those reasons. Like, there's, <laughs> I, I appreciate what it used to be, which was like a bunch of nerds like myself, like. Oh, I, you know, I, I hope the fucking Giants take this guy. And it was at radio. It was every year it was Radio City Music Hall. And it was just like football nerds. It's all. 
Yep. I wish it was I wish it was just Zoltan from like the Power Rangers, just the tube and the dude inside of it, and he's just given picks. I mean, it, they would have had fucking Chris Angel like suspended in the air, and I'm like this is fucking nonsense. Who's watching that? Yeah, it was dumb. Straight jacket. Excuse me, not Shane. Straight jacket. I, I gotta say though, Kyle Brandt was fucking great. Like when he came out and did that one, that was good. Well, that's that's inherently a like NFL draft thing to be like kind of like, you know, boisterous about your team and shit. But like. Did did you hear the story about the buffalo wing that he brought all the way from Buffalo? No, I didn't. But it's that, pretty gross. <laughs> it's the grossest shit you could ever think of. So imagine, imagine that bringing that through TSA and they're like, he had to. Yeah, <laughs> dude. So he gets this thing on like Wednesday. He douses it in in, in buffalo sauce, puts it in the freezer, takes it to work, puts it in the freezer, takes it to the airport, and it's still like dripping and sogging so he and wrapping it in bathroom paper towel and he basically wraps it up and shoves it in his coat pocket and doesn't take it out for hours until he gets on stage because he was worried they wouldn't have like a they'd have like a no food policy how does he not like have like a tapeworm now (laughs) wait he ate it oh yeah he took a a big bite out of it here's the thing i don't understand Okay, he's a big name person, and the NFL Network is a big name network. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go through a couple scenarios of how this could have been way easier for him. One, he could have asked somebody who's like a PA at the NFL Network, "Hey, can you make sure the hotel that we're at has buffalo wings?" There is one way right there. Option two is go to one of the um, many wing establishments in Western New York and say, Hey, I'm going to the NFL draft in Vegas. Can you like dry ice ship me some wings? They have uh, services like Go Belly where you can right. get stuff shipped. Yeah. And, right. and here's the kicker though. Here's like the option I just would have went with is just grab a fucking chicken wing while you're there and you're telling me there's no Buffalo Wild Wings in Vegas. It, who cares if it's actually from Buffalo? does it really matter it's it's the idea that counts right it's there's not a Chili's there's not an Applebee's there's not like a Golden Corral there is there isn't a KFC there is nothing what really makes a buffalo wing a buffalo wing is that it's deep fried in oil and then it's covered in Frank's Red Hot he bought that wing pre-sauced so he just bought a fried wing and sauced it himself exactly so i'm not entirely clear like why or what his thought process was to do it that way because it just seems like a lot of unnecessary steps also too i think it's a real indictment on tsa for not stopping him at the airport and be like sir you have (laughs) a frozen chicken wing on you right now somebody got bird flu last week like that's how it starts Chicken wings. Yeah, Kyle Brandt, patient zero. <laughs> I mean, like, I got, like, I didn't get, like, so I was coming back from Vegas, and I probably told this story, but whatever. Um, and all of a sudden, my backpack, like, they have, like, you have to put all your stuff into the container, goes through the x-ray, and they have, like, they, can, they have, like, two shoots. One, it goes right to you, and then one, it goes to the agent. My backpack went to the agent. 
I'm, and I'm like, oh, okay, something's wrong here. And I'm like scared out of my mind. And I'm like, nothing to be scared of, by the way, because I knew what everything in that backpack. And they were like, like, they were like, sir, um, you're not allowed to have uh, lithium batteries on the plane for all your dildos. You're going to have to take those out. I actually was genuinely scared. I'm like, did someone slip something in my backpack, like as a joke? And now I'm going to have to go through two. Ha 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 felony. Um, no, but obviously he looked through my backpack. It was no problem. But like, I can only imagine he's like, sir, why do you have this like rotting chicken wing in your backpack? <laughs> it's what I'm going to remember Vegas by. Yeah. And I did exactly. not see that on the TSA no fly list. So you can put it right back in there. Thank you so much. They're like, don't you know what, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas? Come on. Except for herpes. Yeah, they got Veltrex for that. This episode is brought to you by Veltrex. <laughs> brought to you by Chicken Wings. <laughs> For, From Kyle Brandt's carry-on bag. <laughs> Kyle Brandt's carry-on chicken wings. <laughs> Hide them in your pockets, put them in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you, I think Portable Buffalo, pocket wings? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I think Buffalo Wild Wings should come out with like a special Kyle Brandt's uh, pocket wings. Everybody knows, though, that the only food that is actually acceptable to keep in your pocket at all times are egg rolls. I feel like a greasy item is going to get a lot of things stuck to it. Dude, you never know when you might need a little of that grease. Slick up something. As a bald man. Get yourself I... maybe a small window in a bathroom. You never <laughs> know when you need an exit. Like a crawl space going into a cave gatto. All the time. I go spelunking any chance I get. Yeah, after I saw the movie The Descent, I will never ever go into a cave ever. Yeah, I, I it could be it could be completely fictional. I don't give a shit. I'm not going. Dude, I see these videos on like Instagram all the time of people slipping into the smallest holes in the ground, like into a cavern system. I'm like, nah, I'm good on that. Yeah, suffocating in a cave. That's the way I want to go. Dude, all of a sudden the earth burps. And there's no oxygen down there, and you're fucked. Yeah, you're dead. I read a story a couple of years ago. Um, actually, no, I heard it on a podcast that I used to listen to, where there was a college like caving club in Massachusetts, and they went caving one time. It seems sexual in nature at first, so I'm glad that you had to <laughs> clarify that one. How? Yeah, it's like caving. It's what all the kids are doing on campuses these days. That's why well, that's, the, that's... the rate of transmission of COVID was so high. They were all caving with each other. That's what they're calling it now, caving. <laughs> so they left this guy in a cave, and they didn't want people going in there at night, so there was a door to lock the cave. Nope. And they locked him in there for three days. Nope. Nobody realized that he was missing. Subsequently, that caving club does not exist anymore. So, I'm shocked. Yeah. I figured that would probably be there. Yeah. I One mean, could that... make the argument that they are not going to get any student government funding moving forward. No, no. And I'm pretty sure that's, that's a. That's I mean, done. that is like the typical college hijinks, the drop off, right? Like, Tom, we've experienced the drop-off. Not in um, a cave. Not in a cave. I, pretty close, though. I was I was dropped off at a construction site in the middle of nowhere, and I walked the wrong direction for eight hours until the sun came up. What is wrong with you people? <laughs> this is like a normal occurrence for fucking... It's a rite of passage in college. 
I, I mean, I wouldn't know. I fucking stayed home for college, but Jesus Christ, I might. I mean, actually... there's also not a lot of places to drop you off on Long Island. That's not like down the street from a strip mall. <laughs> yeah, I think I drop you off in Ridge. Getting left in Port Jeff on New Year's is pretty bad. <laughs> I still love that story. <laughs> Wait, what happened with this story, and how long ago was this? So this 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 involves our good friend, friend of the friend of the podcast, Paul Zarati. Oh boy! Actually, it was it was interesting because we had a very unique cast of characters that night. Q, were you there? Or are you working? I was uh, I was bartending that night. You, you were bartending. We decided for New Year's we didn't really make any plans except to hang out um we went down to port jeff we went down port like at new year's you know how it's like near impossible to call out to anybody at least it was back in the day um so no one's cell phones could work and we were all in what was that schaefer's i think it's like a kind of it was like clubby yeah in the one area and the bar in the other area and yeah they wanted and, to be they wanted to be cool but it, they really weren't they no. were just trying to cater to every type of customer and it never worked. Oh, wait, well, to bring it back for a second. Paul promised that his his mom was going to drive you guys. Uh, yeah. So she was actually going to pick us up at the end of all of this. So Yikes. we wouldn't have to so worry like about. And, and on this, New we drove down there. That's the funny thing is we drove down there and we left our cars. Obviously, we all got drunk. And so I'll get us a ride back. No problem. Sure as shit, New Year's comes, and we can't find fucking Paul. He's nowhere to be found. You can't reach him. Nothing. And he's, already, he's already the king of the Irish exits at this point. He just slips out without trace. Eleven fifty-eight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he walks. Well, got beat the traffic, dude. <laughs> dude, he walks all the way fucking back to fucking Ridge. From Port Jeff, all the way. I feel like he's making that up, though. How? There's no, there's no way he drew, he but, walked. Port Jeff but again, too. for at least two hours, for at least two hours, you couldn't call yeah, anybody. The phone lines are pretty much jammed at that point. So, I heard, and maybe I heard it from him, that he walked to like the Valero station in Mount Sinai and got a ride home from there, and he was on the phone with somebody for like two hours. And he just was on the phone with him, not paying attention. And all of a sudden he wound up there. I will murder him. I have no doubt. Like that story sounds like bullshit, but he told me that also is the way home. Oh God. And that was the night he ran some of it. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. God, that that was the same. The next morning was the same morning in which there was that gas leak in Shirley. Yeah. None of us could leave our fucking homes pretty much. So in the center of town, one of those propane trucks went to go fill up at like the coals. <laughs> and apparently there's like connection for the hose, but then there's like a backup connection to the for the hose, but it's not on. But if you turn the gas on, it has to release because otherwise you'll have like negative pressure or something and let the hose off, whatever it was. So the guy literally on New Year's Eve released an entire truck's worth of propane into the air. They quarantined off. I, I still, to this moment, I don't understand the full extent to it because they quarantined off 
almost the entire center of the town. And if you know Shirley Mastic, the only way in or out is like past the train tracks. And there's only three places to do that. And so they closed off two of them because the next day they wouldn't let anybody out. And I walked outside and it smelled like propane, even like where my house was, which is like a bunch of miles away. So, yeah, that was that was crazy. <laughs> they were they were afraid that if someone lit like a match that we were all going up and fucking spoke. <laughs> An entire zip code would just be vaporized. <laughs> I don't know how much I believe of that. I, I, yeah, uh, I don't know if I believe that as much either. So since we're on the topic of Port Jeff, what, between the two of you, what was your favorite bar in Port Jeff? Or what is your favorite bar? What was the name of the bar that was behind Main Street? Uh, it, was oh, some, it was some nautical thing, wasn't it? Like yeah, a- I, know you're, I, I, I know you're talking about God. We used to go there um, a It was lot. always a shit show. It was always a show. We, we would always end <laughs> there at like 2 a.m. And it was an absolute shit show. Um, I will say though, I don't remember the name of that place. My favorite place was Port Jazz, but that place is no longer there anymore. Um, so if I had to pick now, I'd probably go with Billy's just because it's like you know. nostalgia. It's it smells so bad in Billy's. I gotta be honest. No, uh, yeah, no offense to that place, but it smells. I think they fixed a lot of it, but like it still smells like garbage in there sometimes. I don't know. What it, it does. Is. Yeah, it, that's like it's... that's like kind of charming about it though yes the so, smell of urinal cakes really gets my motor running fuck, what was the name of that place I, i'm gonna port side, port side. Port yeah. yeah that place was a fucking wreck and i loved every minute of it that was very <laughs> much a place you'd go at like one o'clock in the morning yeah. and it was good that the lights were not on or they had like all that mood lighting on because the place looked like shit like it looked like no. there was several fights that had happened in there, and they just kept serving. At the end of the night, when they were done, they just literally turned off the strobe lights and pushed everyone out. It, it, there's no perfect more like when it comes when it comes to a place that like you know you shouldn't be at because like you, you, it's always the place that like you're like, do we go home or do we go to Portside? And it's like it's never a good idea to go to Portside at that point because like you're already it's already two a.m. You already have, but you can do it any and it's an amazing time. So it's one of it's those a place you go for shots. No good. It's where you like want to if you want to complete your blackout. That's where you go. Yeah, although I will say that. Well, I'm gonna Gatto. What was your favorite? I said Portside. Okay, Q. What do you got? You said Billy's. I'll go with Billy's to, to switch okay. it up. A little. I feel like we had a lot of fun at Spy Coast. Mm, yeah, Spy Coast was fun. Because there were a number of instances where we're like, let's go to Spy Coast because Billy's is busy. Or we don't want to go to Tommy's place because that's meh. Yeah. Eh, no thanks. But we'd go to Spy Coast and we'd be there till like 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the morning and be like, guys, you're the only ones here. You you need to leave. Like, all right, two more double uh, seven and seven. seven. <laughs> <laughs> they would always appease us too. That was the best part. I know because we go there and drop like a house payment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was always like four or five of us that would go and it was just like lots of money being spent there. And they're like, well, we can't tell these guys no because they're giving us a shit ton of money <laughs> and they're not bothering us either. <laughs> like, And that's the thing with that bar is it looked like it was crowded all the time, but that's because it's tiny. It's oh, my God. It, and it's the weirdest shape. It's. A rectangle, but it's probably three times as long as it is wide. Yes. And like it's 90% bar. So, 
Yeah, it does have a very big bar in there, but I always felt like we sport, <laughs> like would find a way to get to the same place all the time. It was right in front of a bartender who was like, yeah, I don't mind like the occasional like stupid joke and these people just giving me $5 tips every time. Yeah, that place was because it was funny. They'd have like two two bartenders behind the bar, but they'd always have to come to the middle of the bar to like make the drinks. They, and they would serve on the ends. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they, they I think they only had the one well. That's why. Yeah, and we would park ourselves right in front of the fucking well, and just slow down everything that went in that went on in that place. Yes. <laughs> Because the night would start with just beer, right? We'd drink a bunch of beer, and then it was like midnight. It's like, okay, Seagram's and Seven. <laughs> Seagram's and Seven up, please. Make there would always doubles. be a point. There would always be a point where we would decide it was time to do a shot of Jameson. And that shot turned into about six. Yeah, and then we'd find, like, the random, like, misfit toy that didn't have any friends, and we'd just like, hey, come drink with us. <laughs> yeah, always a mistake. Yeah, Gatto has this like affinity for finding the weirdest people at like tap room. It's so funny. They find me. They no, find yeah. me every you're, time. You're like a magnet for weirdos. It's it's pretty funny. It has been. It's actually. It's made such a unique life for me um, because it's not just there. It's everywhere I've ever been. I we were recently there, and I I he got there first, and he's like just talking to this guy. I'm just like <laughs> I I don't even Dude, remember like that guy. I feel bad for that guy. He had just told me his house had burnt to the ground. Oh, now I feel bad. <laughs> he, seemed like... yeah, but... <laughs> he seemed like the weirdest fucking guy ever, and I'm like, and I'm like, Gato fucking wrangled another one. <laughs> yeah, dude, you know it's, it's like so, a lost it's cat. So... Gato's <sighs> gonna eventually like lead a cult for like. Like fucking crab people or something. I don't know, <laughs> dude. It's, he... it's just it's so weird because that guy was the island like, of mystery. That guy decided he just wanted to start unloading his life story on me, and I felt really bad. I was like, I got your next drink, buddy. Like it that's... happened the last time too, though. You had some guy doing that every time at, um, a, at Aruga's. That one time, the one guy was like telling you his life story with his MAGA hat on. Oh <laughs> yeah, that dude was, was... so polite. That you're like, yeah, man, I'm sorry to hear that. And he's like, I felt, you know, this is the thing is I feel a shred of empathy for these people because I'm like, that's me in like 10 years. And (laughs) (laughs) here's the thing, though, Gatto is and I think this is not something to to say it's like a negative, but you have a couple of things that are going for you. One you happen to know a lot of people that these people know for some reason, like a sixth or seventh degree separation. <laughs> like, you know, somebody's like second cousin or you played football with somebody's like friend who lived down the block from them. You're the one well, that- I've heard of everybody's Lord and Savior, Donald J. Trump. So that right there. Is no, you're, you're me the, the weirdos. Bacon, or yeah, Long Island Kevin Bacon. The other problem that you have too is that you make eye contact with people. Yeah, that's that's the problem. That's your I, problem, which is so I weird. Stay forward the entire time. Like I'm, I, I don't see you. I don't hear you. Which is so weird because if you guys ever notice, when I'm actually talking to you guys, when we're having conversation, I'm barely looking you guys in the eye. 
Right. It's not about when you're talking with them. It's, <laughs> no, it's, it's made those... eye contact with them at you know, some other point. You know what your problem is, Gato? You you do the polite nod. Yes. Do, hey, how you doing? Yep. And that instantly he's like, oh, I'm going to grab that. Stop talking to people. <laughs> Stop looking at them. Just be sad and drink your beer in yeah. your privacy. <laughs> We're all we're all a bunch of sad weirdos in here, okay? Let's just drink our beers and <laughs> so we're gonna work on that this weekend when you come down. We're gonna have a quick training session when you all no. fly in. No, and we're gonna we're gonna send you through the grocery store. No, and you we're can't look at anybody. Weird. You can't well, look I'll at wear anybody. my visor. I'll wear my visor. <laughs> just like bro, wear yeah, wear your fucking poker poker uh, sunglasses. And Dude. like pretend like it's like the main event and it's the last hand and you're just like at the bread aisle just grabbing shit are we are we going to tom you had posted something about like hard seltzer fest yeah it's in hunters we can here's the problem though is that where it is is in hunters hill and it's in the opposite direction of downtown so we can do that Uh. during the day it's up to you all if we do an episode drunk, it's never going to get released because it's going to be an absolute shit show. It should be on the Patreon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, we need to vet who's listening to it. <laughs> how how far away is the Seltzer Fest from your home? Uh, let me look that up real quick then. It's, um, it's quick. Probably like 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. You know, North Carolina. You got to drive through farmland and then, you know. It's it's just like several pastures. Grass and tumble. Into the middle of nowhere. Once yeah. once you're down to like two bars of cell reception, you know you've reached your destination. <laughs> you'll see some, you'll see some like sad old town that used to exist and no longer exists anymore. Yeah, like Crockettsville or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I name, will name not be shamed by either one of you. <laughs> Named after Daniel Crockett, but it's got a statue of of uh, Daniel Boone or whatever. <laughs> Davy Crockett, Daniel Boone. That's it. <laughs> oh man, it's like old Reaganville or something. It's a twenty minute car ride okay. to Huntersville. That's fun. Yeah. So any of us are going to be in the condition to drive back. Oh no, so. we'll Uber. We'll Uber there and back. Yeah. We're not, this is, yeah, I only have one car, so we're not going to do that. Tom, don't you want to live dangerously? I was tempted to drive When I was 19, sure. This. <laughs> wait, 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 hang on. You were going to drive down? Bro, I just looked. I can upgrade my seat to first class for $60. I'm not. Yeah, we might, we might do that. <laughs> it's a two and a half hour flight. That's yeah. Like a- it's a two-hour flight versus a 12-and-a-half-hour car no, you ride. split it up. We stop in, like, a cool place for one night, and then we stop in a cool place on our way back. No we way. have off on Mondays anyhow. No way. Absolutely not. I'm not sitting there. Bro, how – you remember driving to Tom's wedding? I want to put this in perspective, though. So I like driving. my wife and I got married was two hours – north of where we lived from 2018 to last year this is another hour and a half south so you would be adding a potential three and a half to four hours on your drive i'll drive fast you know what god you have fun i'll be sitting in first class (laughs) for two and a half hours (laughs) i just i don't know sometimes road trips are just fun oh they are just like when they're like two hours 
It's but a 600 I could have brought you. It's a all the beers you can't get from seven... in North Carolina. Oh, that is sad though. We're not gonna be able to bring you some like Long Island bagels and shit. You can bring them on the plane. Can you? Yeah, if you could bring a chicken wing, you could bring a bagel. That's for sure. Yeah. We'll have to we'll have to bring some Long Island bagels for Tom. If you could bring a chicken wing on a plane, you could dodge a ball. <laughs> <laughs> so, getting back to the original point, we can do Seltzer Fest or Seltzer Land, whatever it's called. Um, and then we'll go see the Northmen right after that. Sure. Oh, I should have bought Viking hats. <laughs> I think you've bought enough. <laughs> no, because. <laughs> They only let you in for three hours at a time. That's probably for your safety. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Wait, wait, wait a minute. So I can come in for three hours and I have to leave. When can I come back? Technically, you can buy as many tickets as you want. So so I, I walk out and then just like... I, so if you were to buy I'm the 12 o'clock... If you were to buy the 12 p.m. to 2.30 ticket, by the <laughs> way, which is $55... What you leave at two thirty, and you just like cycle back in at two thirty for five. I'm, I'm sorry, did you say fifty five dollars? I'm pretty sure it covers all your booze, though. I just I pay less than the vague fucking beer fest. North Carolina's got some fucking set, set of brass ones on. Really them. bougie. This this must be bougie seltzer. The fizz must never go away. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm trying to figure out why it's fifty five dollars. Is there like uh is like if I'm gonna like donate to the Donald J Trump fucking QAnon it's the QAnon seltzer fucking for the record the state was blue in the last election. The flat earth uh seltzer Uh, fest. Your your earth is flat, your your seltzers are fizzing. Yes, there you go. That's the one right there. So You'll sign up for a time slot with your seltzer squad and walk in a one-way path to each hole along the greens. Oh, so you're going to like different because it's on a golf course. So you're walking around from one hole to the other, just drinking seltzer. The whole this time. is a seltzer marathon. Or There's something? over a hundred hard seltzers across the course. Over a hundred. Well, would we be able to drink all one hundred? I mean, because I want to taste the flavors. I mean, I want all the flavors. I've maintained a collegiate. I've maintained a collegiate level ever since I left. I I need to know this, Tom. I need to know this. Will you have a steady supply of the the hot the hot the flaming hot flaming hot? That's what it is. Flaming Uh, hot. So we can we can do we can do VIP, which is over a hundred hard seltzers across the course. Premier time slots. I don't know what this means. Full can of seltzer, specialty cocktail. A commemorative iridescent Seltzerland tasting cup. Ooh. Ten percent off merch. Photo ops. Everyone's favorite. What type of merch are we talking about? <laughs> All fucking plastered on fucking hard seltzer. Probably like gas masks and like hatchets and stuff like that. So All the things you really like shouldn't the, have. We're gonna look like sipping seltzer slipknot. Okay. I gotcha. It's actually not a terrible name, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we're transitioning. Fuck the podcast. We're doing hard seltzer now. This is your hard seltzer podcast. (laughs) End the podcast. We're going to do hard seltzer right now. Working on concepts. And it's going to be all QAnon based. Should we just start our own conspiracy theory theory slash hard seltzer brand? 
the the Terry Ron Watkins. <laughs> the, the spicy Flynn. The, the apple pie from. <laughs> Get it? Because he's fucking America. It's just it going to be in a bang. magic bullet. <laughs> it's it's just going to be bang energy and like low grade tequila. Okay, if you had just told me that in the first place, I was like, I'm there. Especially if the bang energy dude is there. That guy, his philosophy on life fucking slaps. Oh, the, the John Wilson episode with him? Yeah, that's amazing. That yeah, that right there should be a pick of the week. Is that one specific episode? Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, okay. If you, if you haven't seen How to with John Wilson, the bang energy episode, fuck <laughs> yourself. That, that is the highlight of that show, that episode. It's fucking good. It, you know what that show is actually pretty good. It's pretty fucking it's, funny. It's fucking bizarre. And, yeah. and... Okay, so I'm assuming Seltzerland is out. I mean, we can we can just like we can create our own Seltzerland by just getting some fucking hard seltzer and drinking in the fucking Walmart parking lot. Should we just start our own bootleg seltzer fest? John Mayer's coming out with a new song called "Your Body Is a Seltzerland." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have a shade under three quarters of an acre to play with around here. So if we want to have a seltzer like fish party in the backyard, we could certainly do that. I just cut the grass, too. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Watch out, everybody. Just watch out for the garter snakes and you'll be fine. Now, Tom, uh, it's the water moccasins I really fear. I, yeah. I, I heard that in North Carolina, the mosquito scream racial episodes I've used. Is that correct? Maybe in the wealthier neighborhoods, not here though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the mosquitoes in the wealthier neighborhoods, they they only drink organic. So, the, uh, uh, that's up in the Lake stuff. Norman area. That's the up in Lake Norman. Would you say it's the waspy area? I would definitely say it's the waspy area. Oh, I see. It's all coming. Oh. To... Ah. Ah. So that's where we're gonna drop our garbage, right? Yeah. That's what so, I do have a couple places listed out, um, and I think we will have a. A pretty smashing good time here. Fuck that. Don't be a pussy. So Yeah, what? you just spent like seven days in Vegas, and now you're going to be like, oh, I don't know about this one, guys. Maybe we should go <laughs> the speed limit. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm still hurting from that, by the Tom, way. Tom, you think you are. I think the most predictable thing about this weekend is the unpredictability of this weekend. So I think it's, if we have several options, we will be successful. But ultimately... It's it's gonna be a mess. So so Tom, is there like a like a regional cross burning, or would you say it's more of like a is it town by town? How is it done there? That's a question you're gonna have to ask South Carolina. It's only thirty five miles away. <laughs> I'll tell you that what though, if you wanna drive into South Carolina, we can blindfold you the whole time, but you will know when we cross over from North Carolina into South Carolina solely because of the road condition can can we just play i was gonna say can we make this a drinking game <laughs> throw me in the back of a truck yeah i'll throw you, you in the back of our hyundai elantra and um just tie me to the roof i don't have the roof racks but we can just like tie yeah. you to the windshield improvise yeah, that works too bring me to Lindsey graham's house bring me to Lindsay's house hello Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> you said that very english <laughs> 
No, it Hello, was doing, Lindsay. Was doing, uh, it was like How a, are you, Lindsay? Oh, ran Hannibal Lecter, pretty much. <laughs> that bleeds into your Donald Trump. Hello, Shame. Lindsay. You've been very mean to me. Shame. I thought we were friends. I thought we were friends. Speaking of the the fucking roast master general, fucking Donald Trump, um, I, I <laughs> shared that video with you guys before. Uh, wanted to hear your thoughts on it uh, about his thoughts about LeBron James transitioning thing. I don't know what he was trying to say there. I don't know what he says at any of his rallies and how he even gets into those conversations. Like, where did that go from to get there? For, like, for everyone everybody. just goes on a journey. It's an ex- you know that's what it is. It's not a rally. It's an experience. It's hard to right. gauge Donald Trump. Like out of context, Donald Trump is very challenging. But at the same time, you're getting what you need to know from whatever he was saying. For anybody who doesn't know the video I'm talking about, uh, Trump was at a rally talking about LeBron James, and he goes, "I don't like LeBron James very much. He's not a good. He's not my type of guy. But maybe if he decided to." Become a woman, he could be on my basketball team, and I don't know what that means. I was nope. I got nothing. I got yeah. Trump, Donald Trump have a women's basketball team because I need to know about that. If he does, it'd be pretty ironic if he on the Liberty. Going women. Here's the thing, though, is that does that does LeBron play in Nebraska? Not necessarily like playing the I game. Think we of could phys- all answer that one. No, playing the game of basketball, but just talking shit about LeBron, like carry in Nebraska. Does anybody oh, yeah. in Nebraska it's, care? Well, because it's clearly like, I, I don't understand the context of like of that because like I don't even know if, like has LeBron come out about trans issues? No, but- I could tell you right now that anything that has to do with um racism is going to be like two thumbs up in it's Nebraska. Kind of like, it's kind of like an ism trifecta. It's like, it's racist. It's, you yep. know, transphobic and oh, it's like all wrapped into a nice little neat It's little the Ixonisms. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no one does it better than him, man. Now, to answer your question though, Tom, from before, this culture war shit really like his, 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 his audience loves that. They eat it up like, like anything. Um, anything, anything, any dunk on trans people, it's like, they love it. Just owning anybody. I will say though, the crowd did not look nearly as enthusiastic as it did like six or seven years ago. Very low energy. And he looks just (laughs) pretty beat. He looks exhausted. All the time you see him, he goes, he, do you hear him try and pronounce JD Vance's name? He goes, We've endorsed JD. <sighs> JD. <laughs> JD. He calls him something else, and he's like, "He's a good guy." He's got that heavy breathing thing now, where he goes, "He's got the long COVID." JD. Uh, that JD guy in Ohio. He's good. Doctor Oz. Doctor Oz endorsed Doctor Oz. Great guy. He's a fantastic guy. He's amazing. We love Doctor Oz, don't we, folks? He's got the charisma of all of the QVC talent. But yet, but yet he keeps coming out with bangers. I mean, he just keeps out bangers. With bangers. And another one. I <laughs> honestly think, though, these are more him like stumbling into jokes rather than like sitting around and be like, yes, this will be funny. 
God, I need I need a new nickname. Like I need him to drop a new nickname. <laughs> well, you're gonna have to get onto Truth Social and find one, or you're just gonna have to comb through the press releases no. that he did. Does. He finally, you guys, you didn't, you guys, you guys didn't hear this week. It's happening this week, guys. Biden's out. Trump's back in the office. Oh yeah, you didn't hear? <laughs> it's all over Twitter. It's got to be true. <laughs> Oh, my interesting. It's a New York magazine. Trump wanted police to shoot racial justice protester in the legs. Awesome. Just mime him a little bit. Just show him we're not fucking around. JD Vance, everybody. The thing is about like Trump and JD Vance is Trump always talks about how good looking JD Vance is. <laughs> and I don't get it. Like, <laughs> like I'm not seeing it, Donnie. <laughs> He's a like, very handsome man. He man. he always comes out with these weird homoerotic things on like some guys, and it's it's always so fucking funny because of like something about like like he always like I always endorse the best looking people. Uh, JD Mandel, the JD Mandel is a great guy, very handsome. <laughs> so yeah. the same the same guy that. Um tweeted that Donald Trump thing that you shared Q also shared something else that was a looks like a snapshot of if the Republican Party if the Republican primary election for US senator were held today for which of the following candidates would you vote and it has March April 19th April 26th and a percentage of the people who are aware that Trump endorsed JD Vance everybody <laughs> JD it Mandy. goes it goes 18% April 19th it was 25 April 26th it was 31 and then Trump aware aware Trump endorsed JDV everybody 39% and like is this is this supposed to be like a like a good thing that you're sharing no because if Trump's weight like his endorsement carries so much weight the other people in here would not be pulling at 19, 12, 12, 8, and then like undecided be at 17%. Well, did you guys catch any of the correspondence dinner? I don't believe in that. Oh, you and Trump, actually. First I thing you guys have in, have in common. Um, very unoriginal, very low energy, sleepy. We, but like we know where the, where the party's going, man. It's going to Santa's. That's no, the God. thing. And, Ronnie D is going to be the and president. That's where, and that's <laughs> and no, and and uh, Trevor Noah does a good job in the in the at the correspondence dinner to actually call out Ron DeSantis and talk about his his divisiveness that he's employing within his own party. There, there is going to be a significant battle between them, and I'm questioning whether or not Trump wants to actually get into that. Because he, he would have put, already if he thinks he's going to win, and he knows he, he well, can't. Well, I, th I think he also views that he could be like the standard bearer for the Republican Party, and like he will be the 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 like figurehead, and doesn't have to be president to do that. Like, like I'm the puppet master. Ron DeSantis is my puppet. You know, kind of kind of idea. So, I feel like you just put that out into the world, and now that's a real thing. Yeah, he really I don't think he wants to be president though. He just wants people to like go to him give and him money. ask yeah, and ask I, for permission. I think there's pay, a pay their tithe to 
our Lord and Savior Donald J. Trump. And I still there. feel like though there's a small piece of him though that's like extremely butthurt about losing yeah. in 2020 that he like feels like he needs to write that wrong. You know what though? He would have he would have tried to run again if he had won. <laughs> he would have went for a third term, even when no no one said he could do it. He would have fucking tried, and then he would have felt butthurt about that. Oh, there was no even way worse things going on if that was the case. Yeah, that's what people don't get is like there was no chance he was ever not gonna like give up anything. If he had won in 2020, right? Like he was never walking away. No, no. Madison Cawthorn. What a sad person. His story gets better and better week to week. Does it? I I mean, it's just funny. It's just (laughs) he's such a strange individual in the sense of like. Take away all of the stuff that happened in the last like four weeks, right? He's still the same guy who went to Germany and was hype about going to the Eagle's Nest and seeing where the Fuhrer lived. But he's also the same guy, too, who went and lied about how he was accepted into the Naval Academy. And the Naval Academy, like, has proof that's like, no, we did not admit him. The funniest thing is he he put out a a, a tweet um a couple I think it was like a week ago because obviously now they're like there's definitely Republicans trying to take him out because like they're now you see these photos of him and his like friends being like no no, no his aide oh it's his aide is that what it is uh, the, the crotch grab thing is that yeah. what you're talking about yeah the, the like very homoerotic like Venmo stuff that they, they used to send each other. Which, like it, it sounds like they're more of like frat brothers to me more than anything else. But um, it's pretty funny though because he was like, people are judging me for things I did in my early twenties, and it's like, my guy, you're twenty six years old. As as someone that was a, <laughs> as someone that was in a fraternity, as someone who's on a podcast with someone else that was in that fraternity, I can say there was no dick grabbing jokes like that. <laughs> I mean, There's not, plenty of dick no, jokes, not just none like on that level. No, but it was, uh, it's the the bro. I mean, did you not have a roommate? No. <laughs> you just we just had eight of them. That's all. That probably I got a good theory on where the weirdos flocked me, and it starts with the fucking weirdos that I roomed with for years. They're fucking Musk must have yeah. Off you definitely me. hung out with or associated with some strange birds when it came to um, like sleeping quarters. What does that mean? <laughs> I mean, the people that you chose to be roommates with oh, in the four years that you were no. in college were all just weirdos. And you took the plunge a couple of times on said weirdos. No, so I, Romeo Speechless. is an enigma. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying to like look for the words here for this one. I met that dude at the Taco Bell when you were passed out of my friend's seat once. But he's kind of a great weirdo. Right, he's he's, he's a like, well well intentioned weirdo, exactly. But then there was like Larry, <laughs> and he was there's like weird with a darkness, and then there's just like weird because you're weird. He was weird with the darkness. I fucking lived with you guys in the fucking suite. You did, but where did you live your last year of college? Oh, that was that was the fucking maniac house. Yeah, you lived in a practical insane asylum. They were they were guys that should have been frats that were too wild to be allowed in frats. I just I feel like that house that you lived in was haunted by all of the ghosts of. Well, it was the, a not a morgue, a, a funeral home at one time too. 
that that, that fucking tracks. So that, that definitely makes sense. So this is actually really funny is we were all moving out. We were all being kicked out at the end of our senior year. And so a, there's a lot of stuff that was in the house that had to get moved out. Our landlord was really firm that it all had to be gone. So we didn't want to take most of the stuff home. We ended up taking all the stuff we weren't going to take home, putting it in the backyard and lighting it on fire on the last day. And now we had all come back previous to that and the fire was burning. We were just all hanging out, drinking beers and whatnot. And the one the one dude, Hayes, comes back and he's always blacked out. And he's always like misbehaving when he's that drunk like there's not there's not a moment where i'm like oh god this is where we all go to jail there's few things that aren't in the fire at this point and one of them is a barbecue grill and attached to the barbecue grill is a tank of propane and he goes and he grabs the tank of propane and he starts spinning around like he's gonna fucking shot put this fucking tank of propane and i see it happening and i sprint out in front of him and as he releases it i tackle this thing mid-air and stop it from going into the fire because it would have fucking exploded and fucking killed us all because we had things like dressers and sofas in this fucking fire um i'm not proud of it, it wasn't illegal technically <laughs> and you did prevent a major incident i actually did yeah because that could have actually become really bad q Give us some stories from college. Um, I went to class and then I went home. And uh, yeah, I don't know what that feels like. I got to be honest. I went to I went to St. Joe's uh, in Patchogue of Long Island. So um, I did. I I worked. So a majority of my college career was bartending on the weekends, which was awesome because it made a lot of money. And um and then pretty much going to class and like coming home and then working more. And uh, so, yeah, so I had a very boring college career because God, oh, and all my friends went away to school. Like <laughs> nobody was here. So you could have joined us. You had the grades. I mean, no, I mean, clearly I, you know, that, that wasn't the problem. I just like, I don't know. I, I don't know why I decided to stay home, especially because like I should have just went to Stony Brook because it would have been a lot less money. Than going to fucking St. Joe's. Um, but yeah. yeah, but then you'd have to go and admit that you went to Stony Brook. That's a good point. Yeah. And I didn't want to have to do that. So um, yeah, so I don't I don't have any good college. I have high school stories, but no, those are well, we're gonna make a whole bunch of new stories this weekend, right? Oh god. This weekend's gonna be a fucking redacted. <laughs> All going to be redacted. <laughs> It's, we're gonna it, release. We're gonna release a podcast for next week, and it's gonna be two and a half hours of dead air. And, and Tom, your your amazing wife Emily has already advised us that we'll uh, be at a bachelorette party, I believe. That's correct. Yes. So She's we, smart we, enough we, to not be here. We will literally have no supervision at all. So it, basically, a bunch of children who has the house to themselves. Yeah. I, she might want to like lock where the silverware is, so we don't stay. Yeah. She might want to like lock accident. the. Like she's out, she's out right now, Define putting China all the styrofoam on the, like the hard edges around the house. <laughs> so she's gonna put the safety caps on like the bottles and like <laughs> putting those things on like the power outlets so people don't stick their fingers in there. 
Oh, man. What time? When does she come back, Tom? I don't know. I think Sunday night, too, probably around the same time you guys leave. If you see each okay. other in the airport, just don't look at each other. <laughs> I'm going to be like, she won't, know it's, she won't know it's us over the face shields. I will. Just... I, I mean, she's coming back from a bachelorette party, so there's no innocence in her at that point. I will I will say that I will say I'm very sorry about the house. I'm going to be like, what happened? She'll be like, you'll see it when you get there. <laughs> you'll find out. <laughs> There's just cracks in the foundation. By the like, way, Tom, do this? Tom is at the local police station. He's sorting it all out. Don't worry about it. He's actually made friends with a lot of them, so it's not that <laughs> big of a deal. <laughs> he became really good friends with the drifter. He's going to stay a while in the house. <laughs> name's Randy. His name's Dirty Randy. Dirty He's Randy. just going to sleep in the garage. That's all he wants to do. <laughs> He's asking for a lot of Sudafed, and like I don't know. I'm just seems like a nice guy though. Honestly, I've never met a homeless person named Dirty Randy. They usually have names like after where they started being homeless first. So like Miami, Chattanooga. No, that's I stole I stole Dirty Randy from the league, but there's also Dirty Mike and the boys from the other guys. Dirty Mike and the boys. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for letting us use your Prius as a F shack. <laughs> We didn't really talk about the draft, though. We just talked about how annoying it was. Yeah, which is, I figured we were actually going to do the actual talking of the draft. We can talk about the draft. Because that's the only thing I figured we we had to talk about. I I just, it's just weird because, like, I I think we touched upon that first because I think for, uh, for people our age, we remember a time in which the draft was not on three different networks at the same time. And it was like, I remember when they used to do the entire thing in, I think, one day. It was on a Saturday, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Yep. I think it was a Saturday, yeah. They used to do it, like, at 12 p.m. They used to do everything. And then it eventually turned into, like, a primetime event. And now it's on fucking three different networks. It's on ABC, it's on ESPN, and NFL Network. So it's fucking wild to see. And, like, I mean, again, it used to be Radio City Music Hall, which was, like, you know, big big venue, but like not like a huge thing. But um, yeah, speaking from the Giants' perspective, um, they fucking nailed the first round. I mean, there's no no doubt about that. Fucking no no, Kayvon Thibodeau had no business being there at five, just literally none. And uh, Evan Neal, I mean, if you went back into like before the college football season started. And if you said who was going to be number one, number two in the draft this year was going to be Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal, and Giants got him at five and seven. So just an absolute fucking robbery. Yeah, I'm pretty um, – I will say I think it's a nice refreshing move for the Giants to actually get players that are, like, worth watching mm-hmm. in the first mm-hmm. round. And – I know this has been a thing for the Giants for a long time, but they've finally gone out and drafted a linebacker that's worth their salt. Cause that was normally something like maybe I'm dating myself a little bit, but I feel like they would always look for like sixth or seventh round draft picks at linebacker, or they would sign somebody off the street and they'd hope that would work. Now they actually have a competitive group led by a guy who's probably one of the best players in the country. He just played in Oregon. Yeah. I Well, I, well if you, it, it depends on your definition of linebacker. Um, Cause he's an edge guy too, an edge rusher. Right. Because they, some people can just consider it to be off ball. 
um, or like, you know, a guy who's going to play edge. But if you're considering edge and linebacker altogether, they have not drafted an edge or slash linebacker in the first round since fucking Carl Banks. Now, Carl Banks is 60 years old, so that tells you everything you need to know. I think he was the 1984 draft. Um, I think he was. Damn. Yeah. And they had tons of success. I mean, they had guys, they took LT, I think yep. in 1981 or 1982, and then they took Carl Banks. He was he had a great career. Um, he was obviously not, not a, a superstar, but then, you know, they all of a sudden, they had Harry Carson, um, who I don't think was a first-round pick, but... Uh, and then, yeah, they, you were right, Tom. They just kind of started more leaning into later round guys. But I mean, even like Michael Strahan was a second rounder, OC mm-hmm. Manure, second rounder. Um, there's value across every, every round. Yeah, no, sure. he was a defensive end. Um, so you can, if you consider Edge to be that, he was a first rounder. Yeah, but uh, in the strictest sense of the word, they have not drafted a linebacker at a serious draft pick in a very long time. No, yeah, very, very long. And uh, yeah, Thibodeau, it's crazy to see that, like, he literally fell in the draft due to character concerns. But you would ask somebody, like, what's the character concern? Was he arrested? No. Was he failing his, you know, classes? No. Was he a bad teammate? No. Oh, he's kind of cocky. And it's like, well, he's a fucking football player. So, yeah. He's got he's got some like wide receiver vibes for sure. Well, I, I what's the worst? <laughs> like he's got a little bit of wide receiver swag going on. The, the worst I saw about him, and I and I even I kind of cringed a little bit, was he had an interview with Joel Klatt uh, a couple months before the draft, and basically talked about the reason why he went to Oregon. And he basically, I think, brought up the fact that, like, you know, you, when you go to Oregon, obviously, it's like a lot of ties to Nike, um, and there's a lot of business opportunities, you know, in that, in that scenario. If you're successful at an organization like that, which is true, but then he went on to trash the University of Alabama pretty hard. So basically, like saying that, like, you're you're an idiot if you go to the University of Alabama, like you're just not smart. I mean, he probably could have had a national championship, but 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 you know, some people try to say he was like. Like he 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 gave up on plays and stuff, and I'm like, well, he got hurt this past season, and he didn't have to come back, and he did. So, yeah, he could have just got prepared for the draft, and he still came back and played. So I, I give him credit for that. Yeah, I also saw a number of guys where they showed documentation of them just giving up on plays too. I don't remember where it was, but it was some defensive tackle from, from Georgia where he was just like standing up and like slightly pushing up against somebody. Well, that's like, that's the whole thing with the draft that does annoy me is that, you know, you have all the experts and they're giving you their analysis. And then depending on how their analysis you know, unfolds, they'll give you reasons for or against why this person dropped from where they had said that this person should have went. And so a lot of times when when someone would drop in the draft, they'd give you all the reasons, and they're always the, the usual suspects of they're injured or they have behavioral problems, discipline problems, they, they didn't test well at the cob, whatever it is, you know? It's like, it's all bullshit. It's just to fit their their story that they're creating for you, right? 
Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that's the most frustrating from watching the NFL draft in like 2005 and 2006 when it was like really like the golden era of it because it was it was less of a spectacle than it is now. It was more just like, hey, we're doing this draft thing and we're going to record it if you all want to watch. That's cool. Yeah. Now it's more of like what's the – what's the character assassination that some of these guys have to go through? So they, you know, perform the, you know, we just need to take this guy down a peg or two. So he's humble coming into camp. Like that's fucking stupid. Like you want these guys playing with an attitude and an edge. You don't want to like infantilize them to the point where they're starting to question whether they deserve to be here or not. And I think this is the gripe that I have against the NFL is that it does not, it cannot help itself by changing the narrative of like, this is something to celebrate and not like shit on these guys for three days. You know, what's funny is that like, there was a big, it became like a fucking meme that like ESPN would be like, all right. And this guy, Joe Smith was drafted and here's a tragedy about his family. And it's like, exactly. Well, (laughs) all that stuff I think goes to the larger picture that, they found places to make more money, right? And mm-hmm. they're they're making money off creating brands on the individual players. So they start them early. They want to start their brand story right when they come into the into the league. They want to get all that out. They want to create these narratives so that they can then have things to talk about throughout the year endlessly. So you're going to start from day one, right, of their whole journey. Because I think that's part of their marketing scheme in the first place is, like, every player is – you can sell something about them somehow, right? Like, the quiet players always end up becoming big philanthropists, right? You know what I mean? Like, it's it's always – it's always there's something that needs to be sold. And then the other thing is that the the betting edge of this fantasy sports, this is – this is where the people that want to get their credentials ready and for for fantasy drafts, this is where they start. They start with this draft. That's why I went to Vegas. That's why they're in Vegas doing this. It's the money's there. So yeah. they're just being whores to the money. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, and and it is funny to just kind of see like Tom, you're you're hundred percent right that like the narratives are being kind of built. Because you, the guy you saw was Jordan Davis, who was drafted by the Eagles. He, uh, he, he's a big man. He's three hundred and like sixty pounds. He ran a four seven. For anybody who knows what that means, you know that's ridiculous. That's very. Fast. Um, but there were like legitimate, like they showed clips of him, like literally, like playing going the other way. Okay, he's just gonna lean on the other guy and stop. And like everyone kept saying, like, oh, Kayvon Thibodeau took plays off, and I honestly could not find any real like evidence of that and it's because the narrative is there the narrative was already built that he's like a lazy player and all that so they they're already trying to build it build it up that way but uh so tom i want to know your opinion because obviously you have the amazing illustrious carson wentz as your starting quarterback how do you feel about sam howell getting in the fifth round I feel like that's probably a good pick um, considering they got Sam Howell in the fifth round in a pretty quarterback depleted year. Um, I'm wondering though, is it a good pick because he's a name or is it is like, is he being measured against the guys that are in this draft? And in that case, it's not a great group of individuals. Um, I think they needed somebody 
It's nice to have a project quarterback on the roster, but I'm very apprehensive about this entire narrative about how he throws a great deep ball and his deep ball accuracy when in reality they had a number of guys that they've drafted in the past that have great deep ball accuracy they just can't complete any fucking passes can we talk about the mystique of the deep ball accuracy because a lot of times i want to say all that is is that they've just practiced and practiced throwing to the corner of the end zone or the edge of the well, the goal it, line well, and like it, it is they've just learned to put it there and their receiver runs to it because it's a bomb yeah, but th- but this game is built for like big wow throws at this point. So like, yeah. I I just what I'm saying I guess is w- no, like what I'm just saying about that is that I think that it's it's a weird hokey kind of metric to go off of, right? Because there's so many I, variables on a deep throw ball. It's just, I mean, you have to be able to throw from all three levels, obviously, if you're going to be like a top tier quarterback like Mahomes. Yeah. I think I think the thought process behind it is that it's it's trying to allude to a point that they're not uh, a schematically limited quarterback, right? So like you look at a guy, remember if you remember Chad Pennington, like he was kind of the architect of a guy who's good in a running gun and like good in a West Coast offense, but like he couldn't throw the ball more than forty yards down the field. Mm-hmm. So I thought processes with if you talk about deep ball accuracy, if the guy can throw a good deep ball, you already know that he's got like a base. Um, that like, like now you just got to teach him to throw intermediate. And if you can teach him how to do that, he's already got the, the deep level throwing, which is hard for some people. And he's got a good arm. Sam Howell though, was interesting though, because he was a guy that walked into this year. I thought he was going to be a top five pick, but he lost both his starting receivers and both his starting running two running backs to the draft last year. Um, so he had a bit of a rough year, not that bad, but like not great either. And the biggest thing that I think hurt Sam uh, Sam Howell was he's literally almost identical body wise to Baker Mayfield. Yeah, they look very similar when they play. They look exactly the same. So I think because of what's going on with Baker Mayfield, he was like indirectly hurt by that. I would agree, and I think too, like if it was if it was Sam Howell in his sophomore year where he threw thirty touchdowns and threw for thirty five hundred yards. Do 68%. Um, 68%. Like, I'd feel better about that, but the regression thing worries me a little bit. And I know that the ACC wasn't bad, but it certainly was not great. And Virginia Tech was not a great team. They lost that game. Georgia that was Tech first, was not. That was a rough game. I watched that. I remember watching that game because I was like, I was scouting quarterbacks because I'm like, oh, the Giants are going to need a quarterback next year because I knew Daniel Jones wasn't going to do shit. Yeah. I like. So- I liked Sam Howell a lot, and I was I was I remember watching that North Carolina Virginia Tech game, and they sacked him like twelve times. Yeah, it was not good. Um, you know, losing to Georgia Tech is not good either. Granted, that was at a neutral field. Losing to Florida State was also not good either, and he did not look good in that game. I mean, there's just I think there's potential there, but it's it's going to come down to how long they're willing to wait and who are the people that's going to be molding and mentoring this guy. And I will say Washington commanders have never been the ones to seize the means of player development. Um, they seem to do a really good job of drafting guys and they don't really progress. They just kind of stay the same or regress. And for the rest of the draft, I mean, it's fine. 
I don't really understand Jahan Dotson as a pick. I don't know why they traded oh, down to get another. No, you're, you're wrong about that, by the way. Jahan Dotson's is, is he's a stud. I don't trust any Penn State players that play offense. Sorry, I've watched enough of their games to they're not interesting to me. No, you'll you'll be apologizing to me very soon. All right, don't worry about it. Mm. Um, no, but another thing that Hal go, has going for him is that in this group of quarterbacks, he's the youngest quarterback. He's I believe that's he's true. He's only 21. Kenny Pickett, by the way, is going to be like 24 starting his season. Did he even take advantage of the COVID extra year? Or is he a straight four-year guy? No, he's a five-year guy. And the reason why, if you look at Kenny Pickett's numbers, he threw in four years, he threw less touchdowns than he the touchdowns he threw this year. Mm-hmm. So I think he had like 36 touchdowns this season. You add up all touchdowns from the previous four years; they don't even come close. I, I felt like he was a lot of smoke and mirrors, honestly. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I, I think the question becomes like, what changed this year that all of a sudden turned him into this like amazing quarterback? But like, what is the, where is the lack of sample size? I want to. I want to ask Rich. He's he's a friend of ours who uh, is a Steelers fan. How he feels about it because like. He he doesn't throw an amazing deep ball, and he's got smaller hands than Joe Burrow, and like he had a problem. <laughs> Trust me. Uh, they were making fun of his, the way he holds the football, right? Like, well, he wears gloves because they he has a lot of fumbles because of the fact that he has like an inverted thumb or something. So it's like his thumb is really weird. But like hand size is like a thing yeah. among quarterbacks that like if it's under nine inches. Um, it's That's not, what she said, yeah, exactly. You're not cons- like, they don't think of you as like an NFL quarterback because of the fact it's being able to grip the ball, especially in rainy and cold weather. So you look at guys like Mahomes and like, you know, guys like that, they, who have like bigger hands, like they're, they're, they're more looked after because of the fact that like you, you fear they're going to fumble us. I don't know if there's any direct correlation to it. But like Joe Burrow got a lot of shit because he has smaller hands, and then like he made a joke like, "I guess I'm gonna have to go do something else because I have small hands." And you know, you look at him; he's this guy. He's so fucking cool. Winning. Yeah, he's fucking guy. awesome. The uh, thing, the thing is though, is that Pickett he had two years that stick out to me at Pitt: 2019 and 2021, because he had 469 attempts in 2019. Yeah. 3,000 yards, 3,100 yards, 13 touchdowns. And then his last year there, he had 497 attempts. Right. It's an extra 6% on the passing percentage, another 1,300 yards um, in relation to passing. And then obviously the jump in touchdowns. Like, I'm curious to see if this is more of he is older than everybody, he's seen more. However, they did also play Massachusetts, Western Michigan, New Hampshire, a down Clemson team, an ass cheeks Miami team, mm-hmm. um, Syracuse. They beat the piss out of. Yeah, I, I think it's I a- would feel I would feel better about Sam Howell because they actually played a straight up ACC and schedule I, I versus Pickett, who played a lot of shit teams. And I'd argue that there's nothing special about what Kenny Pickett does. There's, he doesn't have a huge arm. He doesn't have, he's not insanely accurate. Um, he's not like a, a dual threat that can, you know, run right past. He, he's fast enough. He's got a good enough arm. He's accurate enough, but like, that's like, he is in my mind, like very mediocre. One more thing about him. If you were to take out the Western Michigan and New Hampshire game, 
you would also take out 11 of his touchdowns. That's yeah. Again, stat padding. They used to call Matthew Stafford stat padford. So, you know, he's uh, putting up big numbers again. Yeah. I, one of my picks of the week long time ago was uh, a documentary 30 for 30 called from uh, Elway to Marino. It was a third, it was about the 1983 draft in which, you know, all that kind of ensued there. I, I had mentioned that the Pittsburgh Steelers were very big on Dan Marino, who was a Pitt Panther quarterback. And he had a down year in his senior season. I uh, threw more interceptions than touchdowns and they instantly thought he was on drugs or something because like, how, how does that happen? How do you go from a star quarterback to a guy who, you know, is throwing more interceptions and touchdowns? So there, there had to be a reason. And because of all that that went into that, they didn't draft him. Terry Bradshaw injures his elbow that year. He's out, done for his career. They would have had Dan Marino stepping in that year. Um, I feel like this might be almost like writing that wrong. Like they're going for Kenny Pickett because he's a Pitt Panther. And it's like... I, th- I don't I don't think he's from Pitt, Pittsburgh or Pennsylvania the way that uh that Dan Marino was, but like I almost feel like they're trying to write like a historic wrong with us. Because everything Maybe. said they were in on Malik Willis. Like he's from New Jersey. Um yeah. so clearly a different state and a totally opposite side of the state. I'm not as hype as some people are on Malik Willis, only because like the same gripes you make against Matt Stafford and and Kenny Pickett, you could make an equal, if not more, like grievance against Malik Willis and who Liberty has played. Like they do not play a competitive schedule in the sense their first game of the year was Campbell University. Yeah. Old Dominion, Alabama, Birmingham, yeah. uh, North Texas. Massachusetts, who Kenny Pickett threw five touchdowns against Army, which is a competitive team, but not in the sense of how Liberty is being projected, and then Eastern Michigan. And- I think I remember with that though, Tom, is that he was an Auburn kid originally. He went to Auburn and he left, and I'm, Auburn's a fucking mess. So, like, I don't hold that against him. He went to Liberty specifically because Hugh Freeze was there. And he's only Jesus can handle his junk. Right. Exactly. Uh, but also remember Josh Allen played at Wyoming. I don't disagree, but I don't think that we should look at Josh Allen as the rule. I think we should look at him as the exception to the rule, because for every Allen you have, you have a zillion other guys from other schools that did not pan out. And I think, I think quarterback has just become a traits based. I don't think they really look at the stats anymore. I don't think they look at really anything other than like, he's got the arm He's got the the head for it. They put him on the whiteboard and they go, I just told you a play five plays ago. What was that play? And like, read it back to me. What do you do in that play? And if they can do that, I think they just look at it and they say, I don't really care. I think he's got the right head for it. And I, I thought Malik Wills was going to be one of those guys, but uh, the NFL clearly thought different because uh, he's got all the traits you want. But at the same time, though, like he is a project. I think they were saying that Tennessee is perfect for him, by the way. Yeah. Well, if you know, if they don't fuck it up, I mean, he is a project. And the question is, like, in a pretty light draft class for quarterbacks, how much, how valuable of a pick do you want to invest in a guy who's probably not going to start for at least two to three years? I think okay. that's the dilemma that people had. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, considering 
how Tennessee did in the draft. Malik yep. Willis was probably one of their more solid picks. It's a great pick, right? Yeah. I think they got value. It's a value pick. It's and they need it because you got to ask yourself what's what's left for Tannehill. A lot of money, too. Um, yeah, and they they kind of made some good moves with unloading A.J. Brown. However, I think I still think that the Eagles made off uh, game busters with that one. My God. That, that from a Giants fan's perspective, that fucking hurt. The 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 one thing that took the wind out from my sails was that the Eagles drafted so well this year. They did a really good job, and it was like you have to you have to kind of like rain on our parade a little bit here because this is like we're already seeing like as a Giants fan, I feel I can already have a sense of improvement with this team. Mm-hmm. Then the I Eagles mean- come in and they're like, we were a playoff caliber team last year. But we just went out and fixed a lot of our problems in one foul swoop. So, but this is vintage. This is vintage Philadelphia Eagles, though, because I remember yes. they were always a really good, smart drafting team. And this is kind of going back to the way things were for them, where they would make really good choices, and they always seemed like the team that would overachieve with the players that they had. So. I mean, maybe this yeah. is them going back to the way things were, but I think I think Giants fans can be can breathe a little easy because they seem to be just the team that has the consensus best draft alongside of the Jets, who I'm kind of surprised at. They did so well, but we'll see. The New York Renaissance, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm, I'm on. Out. I'm on NFL Network right now, and they gave the Giants a day one grade of an A, a day two of an A minus, a day three of an A minus, and they gave the Jets A, A minus, A. I mean, that's yeah. No, the, wanna, the Jets I wanna, did a really good job too. I want to say the for me though, the Jets did an incredible job, so I will give them a shout out. But like the OGs who are just do well every single year, the Baltimore Ravens, they are yes. just yeah. They just it's literally chess. They're playing chess. Everyone else is playing checkers. And they just, they just, I don't know how they do it. Every single year, they just walk into this like unbelievable. Um, they got an A plus as far as I'm concerned because they just, they just understand how to do this. And they have a lot of picks too. They have a lot of picks. Yeah. Kyle Hamilton at like 14 is insane. He might be like the best player in the draft. Uh, but because he plays safety, they didn't want to take him. No one wanted to take him early. Linderbaum, the center uh, from Iowa, they get him late in the draft. They trade Hollywood Brown so they don't have to pay him. Yeah, that actually, that's an interesting story right there because this is now Arizona went out and they did everything to appease Kyler Murray. Oh, dumb. And if if he doesn't have the best season of his career now, I don't know what what's going to do it for him because he's got his best friend. They went out, they got a tight end for them or for him. Like he's got offensive weapons now. I don't I don't really understand where like what's going to happen when he doesn't produce now. You know, so, they're basically yeah. putting it on his shoulders. And and honestly, like I, I was shocked when the Cardinals did that because I'm sitting here and I'm saying that like myself like AJ Brown is like so much better than Hollywood Brown. Nothing against Hollywood Brown, but like he's kind of a gimmicky receiver and he's, you know, he's undersized and all that. AJ Brown is like a legitimate, like thousand yard double digit touchdown type of guy if he's healthy, which is not often. And that's why I think they, they had some apprehension about paying him. 
But like they gave up the 18th pick in the draft for AJ Brown, and then the Cardinals give up the 23rd pick for Hollywood Brown. And I mean, I think they drafted him for the 25th pick. So for a guy who's barely played because of injuries and all that, they got insane value on that, which is just mm-hmm. and now they don't have to pay him. They don't have to be like the team that gives him twenty million dollars a year for him to play, you know, ten games a year. It's uh the Ravens just know what they're doing, man. Yeah. I have a hot take on Kyler Murray. Go for it. I don't he know if it's incredibly hot. overrated. That's not, I don't think it's that hot. <laughs> that's, that's a hot take. I don't I don't know if it, I don't know if it's hot because I think that's kind of consensus at this point that he and now they lost DeAndre Hopkins for six games uh due to uh they lost Christian Kirk in the offseason because the Jacksonville Jaguars decided to give him like $20 million a year. Did the Cardinals lose Christian Kirk or did Christian Kirk <laughs> just win the lottery? Bro, Christian Kirk, <laughs> I, whoever his agent is, I need him to like negotiate a contract for me because, my God, talk about getting $18 million a year for a guy who's never really done anything. Okay, so this is my Kyler Murray hot take. He is overrated, and if he was six foot three, putting up these numbers, would anybody care? I am. I'm more bullish on Kyler Murray than it seems like a lot of people are. Uh, I don't like his attitude on a lot of stuff. No. Uh, I don't like this power play with the Cardinals right now because he's coming off of an injury plague season, and it's like you know you you really haven't earned that contract yet, so. But I, but to me, there's not a guy who throws a prettier ball than Kyler Murray. So I don't know. I, I still feel like he has a ton of upside. But I, I do agree in a sense that he needs to like stop drinking his own Kool Aid. I mean, well, the, the, the thing, best flavor. It's Kyler. The thing for me, like, if you were to like, his numbers are meh, right? Uh, like, I don't have them in front of me. But so he's last a, year, he's an incredibly streaky individual. But my he's, uh, and then he very goes, streaky. Yeah. Last year he missed a bunch of games due to injury. So he missed three games because of injury. Okay. So in 2020, that's his last full season. Mm-hmm. 3,900 yards, 26 touchdowns, 12 picks. Um, I need to go to rushing stats. His his rushing stats are usually pretty good. Yeah, I mean that one was 819 yards. It's great. 11 touchdowns. It's good. But like at the end of the day, he is going to be paid as for what he is as a passer. And I mean, 3,900 yards, believe it or not, is pretty pedestrian in today's NFL. And 26 oh. touchdowns is kind of like the minimum. Yeah, I agree. Um, I do agree with that. But I, I still think that the ups, like the rushing, the rushing part of it though, is a piece of it though. Um, because they do a lot of option stuff. Right, because it, it does make him more dangerous. And you know, you have to count the you have to count all the touchdowns because I think that's what makes Lamar dangerous, you know. And no one says this yeah. about Jackson because like, a lot more. Um but I also if, don't hear as much from him either. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think going, Justin I I think Justin going, Herbert is the one who sets the bar yeah. and can really dictate that. Like well, yeah, yeah, Herbert is is special. There's no doubt about it. I look forward to seeing what happens with him this season, that's for sure. How did how did the Chargers? I feel like the Chargers were relatively quiet this year in the draft. 
I don't they, uh, they, seeing... picked up an, they picked up an offensive lineman for him, uh kid from Boston College, very good, very good player. They they did they they were very smart this offseason. They they basically invested in uh offensive line pieces for Herbert and got like defensive pieces. They got Khalil Mack. Um they got the corner Jason Jackson from uh from the Patriots who was like an interception machine. So like they, they really built heavy on defense and went heavy O line. I have to give it up to the NFL for making somehow making the NFL draft sexy. When a lot of the big early rounds go to offensive linemen and stuff. It's such a wild thing, man. Well, I mean, I think that's the end of their, their like, this is most standout moment for them. Right. Because yeah. after this, the only time you know about them is when they're like Eric flowers and they're basically letting in the fucking that, defense. Yeah. You only hear about it when you're, when you're shitty. But, yeah. I mean, but again, I think it just goes to show though, like that teams are finally starting to smarten up because I think they saw what happened to Andrew Luck and, you know, Derek, you know, not Derek Carr, David Carr, his brother, um, who just were absolutely ruined. And by the time the Colts finally built a good offensive line for Andrew Luck, he was already so decimated by injuries that he had to retire. Like it was just, it was too late at that point. Which brings up the point that Indianapolis did a good job of giving Matty Ice the fucking uh, support that he's going to need for this upcoming season. Agreed. Yeah, I agree. Which I think they're playing the long game because next year they're looking, they're looking at a better draft class of quarterbacks. And I think next year they're going to, they're going to grab a quarterback and uh, Matty Ice is going to train him up. That's the way I see the NFL, the NFL site gives them a D for a great for a first day. Um, they went. Did they have. Did they have a pick in the first? No, first they, they, they they had a second round pick. Yeah, yeah, they that first round pick went to the Philadelphia Eagles because of bum 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 Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. Gross. Gross. Teams keep making that same mistake, and then all of a sudden. The Washington Commanders gave up two third round picks for Carson Wentz. So Carson Wentz keeps getting teams picks. And I don't know what it, I don't know. It's why. the allure of potential. I, I think the, the red hair is just such a distraction because Andy, Andy Dalton also had this effect for a while too. People thought he was better than he was. It's just the red hair fucking with you. He's, he's hypnotizing him with his gingerness. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm not as worried about Carson Wentz because I think what they'll do is they're going to build like an offensive. They're going to build an offense that's focused a lot on the running game. And they did get a receiver who I really liked, a uh, kid from Cincinnati, Alec Pierce, who is like a six foot three guy, ran, ran a four. He's very, very good size speed guy. So, and then they got a tight end that I liked uh, from Virginia that I think, I, I think they did a good job. Uh, just that first I did this. That the first th- day was rough for them. Yeah, it's just like watching the Philadelphia Eagles use those picks. Uh, can't can't feel good because it's literally fucking Carson Wentz. Another team that I think did pretty good, also a New York team, the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, it's pretty typical now. They're uh, they're they're they got the punt god. They got punt god. <laughs> I wanted to bring up punt god. Love me some punt god. <laughs> I was I was hoping. The Giants were going to take Punk God. Um, and I love the cards. But hey. He tweeted out, someone get me a table. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is I, – I think I think it's safe to say that the three of us were heavy Buffalo Bills critics 
over the years, but now we are fully pilled on the Bills, right? I love me some Bills Mafia. Dean, man, he's uh, he's awesome. And who would have thought he was Dave Gettleman's fucking assistant GM in Carolina? Well, you learn the mistakes early, you know. Yeah, like- <laughs> he watched. Yeah, he pretty much watched everything Dave Gettleman did. and was like, "Cool, I'm not going to do that next." I'm going to do the exact opposite <laughs> of what Dave did. But I mean, when you just have that boss, (laughs) yeah, like, and someone whispers to you, like, everything that you see him do, do the opposite when you leave here. Yeah, best advice you'll ever get. It was the janitor and Joe Judge just fucking sweeping the fucking men's room. Hey, I used to be the coach. Sure, you were. Him and Jim Tom Sula are fighting over the vending machine. One of my favorite picks, though, of uh, was the. Uh, third round, I believe it was third round pick for the Buffalo Bills, James Cook, uh, who's Dalvin Cook's little brother. Um, that was a good I, pick. I think he's going to be dynamic in that offense. He's a good pass catcher, too. So he'll uh, he'll be kind of a, another another right out of the back for Josh Allen. And that's that honestly was... something they needed last year. Yeah. They needed a running back badly. Yeah, Singletary's good, but like they don't, you know, they need somebody who can kind of do. Both, both phases. So, what was the pick that both of you saw and you were like, what? Why? Patriots. It yeah. was, yeah. Yep. Uh, Cole Strange. The board. Um, I, I like Cole Strange a lot. He was like a fourth rounder for me, like fourth, fifth rounder. Um, they took him at pick number 29. And then I would say they took that quarterback, uh, Bailey Zapp. Uh, what a name for a guy. He uh, he's kind of like a if Joe Burrow played at like a community college because he put up a lot of touchdowns, but like he's you know he, he like he's got like a little like BB gun arm and stuff. He's not gonna be like a great quarterback long term. They took him in the fourth round ahead of Sam Howell, so uh, it was just a, it was just confusing. I don't know what Bill Belichick's doing. Um. Quay Walker was another one that was that was like a desperate pick because the Packers really thought they were getting a receiver first round. I liked Quay Walker, but like it was a little early for him. But like exactly, the Packers, exactly. The Packers felt like they were trolling people. They're like receiver, uh, linebacker, receiver, uh, defensive lineman. <laughs> yeah, I mean they also all indications were that they were going to make a ton of promises to Aaron Rodgers to get some offensive players, and they really just. They didn't do anything. They they did on day two, but uh, yeah, they they didn't they didn't get one of the uh, top guys. I I think in general though, what the Bears did was absolutely garbage too. Everything they, the Bears they hate Justin Fields. They I I, they I have no themselves. other. They I just don't no want to win. I have no other like I. They just hate Justin Fields. They just don't want to see him succeed. Yeah, like, they have a million picks, and they like went. Heavy defense, the first two picks. Yeah. They've got two offensive linemen with the 168th pick and the 186th pick. And, and then, my, they hired a Matt Eberflus, who was the Colts defensive coordinator, so a defensive coach. Right. To, to coach your young quarterback. So it's, you know. I mean, I guess you kind of need something like that if you got to play the Packers twice a year, right? You need a good defense. Yeah. But, you still need an offense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have to like you have to make Justin Fields work because you drafted him that high. And 
you know, he is a talent regardless of how you feel about running and throwing quarterbacks. Like he is a talent. He can be really good. The problem is, is I don't think the bears are the team that's going to be able to do it. Can I ask you guys your takes on what's your take on the fire sale of receivers? Are you, ta- are, you are you talking about where like Detroit jumped up in the first round and all that to get the receiver? It was the most receivers uh, ever drafted in a single round. It was uh, it was I think it was round one because uh, oh, it was round one. It was round yeah. one. Sorry. Okay. Uh, and by the way, I don't know what the fucking Saints are doing. Because the Saints made that trade with Philadelphia. They gave up a ton of picks for future drafts to move up and take a wide receiver who was like a good wide receiver, but not a great one. I mean, they just signed uh, Tyron Matthew today for big money. That just happened probably a couple hours before we started the podcast. I don't don't know what they're doing. Um, This feels very much like Sean Payton didn't want to coach anymore and he left that team when it was falling apart at its absolute lowest point. Like this is back to pre new Orleans saints before Sean Payton was there. Cause none of these picks are going to help them. No, they, they did bad. Um, Niners, I think did pretty terrible this draft. Um, I don't recall even hearing about Miami. How did they do? They didn't do great. Yeah, well, they they have leadership issues, so so that makes sense. If, give me a second, and I'll scroll down to them. So they only had four picks in the entire in, draft. In the entire draft, and they used a a pick on a quarterback. So wow. love that for you guys. <laughs> um, there, Miami took a quarterback. Yeah, Skylar Thompson with a two hundred and forty seventh pick. Yeah, that's, wow. two Anon's not happy. That's not that's not a bad one because uh, he was actually a pretty good developmental guy. Um, yeah, but considering you only had four picks total for the entire draft, and your first one wasn't until the hundred and second, like I'm actually okay with taking like dart. Like when it comes to like round six, round seven, it's a dart throw, pretty much, right? It's like you're just taking a shot on a guy that you think has potentially like has star value or could yield you something better in return in the future. So I'm fine with them taking that because Skylar Thompson's kind of an interesting guy, but, uh, but yeah, uh, who are the other picks from Miami? Channing Tindall from Georgia. Okay. Pretty Eric Ezukamna from Texas tech. And then Cameron good from California. I yeah. I don't know who this guy's are. Apparently the NFL website has them grading out, for day one as a B, a B plus, and a B. I don't necessarily buy any of that, but this was a team that was fighting for a playoff spot last year. And the offensive coordinator for the 49ers who's there now, I think I think he can make something happen. I mean, they've got Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, so they didn't really have a ton of needs at this point. But still, I would hope like you'd be able to get something. But I also see that Tyreek Hill probably – that Tyreek Hill – deal probably uh emptied the well for them that that took a lot out of them yeah and another thing kansas city kansas city waited on the receiver too i was a little shocked by that i know there wasn't really a lot left because of the receiver purge i mean you saw the like uh, uh, the lions jumping up from 32 to 12 i don't know what the vikings were doing they 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 got like barely anything for that to move yeah. down to um, the, um... You have to think, though, more of moves like that are because they are kind of stuck in analysis paralysis 
analysis paralysis and they don't know who to pick. So it's less of we're going to trade down to get value and more so we're going to trade down so we don't get this wrong and we're limiting we're we're narrowing our options so we don't have to make a decision. Yeah, there, there's an article about that apparently the Texans were going to take Kayvon Thibodeau but made a mistake and took Derek Stingley instead. Derek Stingley is not a bad pick, though. Yeah, it's not like he's, they ended up screwing that up. He's bad. got good upside, <laughs> sure, but like there, it's it's concerning when you look at a guy who's like star in 2019 and then looks like he's like a Dominic Foxworth said he was the best guy in the draft in his opinion, and uh, he made some good arguments because he was playing against some of the best. Yeah, I mean that's so, all well fine, but like. How do you go from like he was a like a stud in 2019, perfect like, and then in 2020 and 2021 he just looked bad in a lot of plays. You have to consider though, like, think about it this way: is that that team was a dumpster fire from 2020 to 2021 because Ed Ogeron basically just, a dumpster fire. Ba- basically it's just, be a dumpster fire this year too. Basically drank and partied his way out of a job, and yeah. when you're the when you're the best player on the field and they're only getting thrown to one or two times a game. Like at a certain point, like you get bored out there. Sauce Gardner though. Sauce Gardner didn't allow a single touchdown in his single career. And he, and he played, yeah, against, but... he covered Jamison Williams at Alabama and all of those guys. He always went up against the, the top tier guys and he, he held them down. So. Yeah. But also let's think about who they actually played outside of the American athletic conference. They played, they played against Alabama. They were the number four country team in the country this year. Cool. Did they win that game? <laughs> no. Hmm. <laughs> By the way, I think they had the most people. Uh, I think it was Georgia had the most people drafted. And I think Cincinnati was either second or third. Yep. Building the program there. They have. Yeah. But I think they're always going to be limited by the the conference that they're in. I mean, you're playing Murray State. You're playing Miami, <laughs> Ohio, Austin P, Western Michigan. Thank God look that at, game was canceled. Look, 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 look at who Alabama plays, though. So go look up Alabama's schedule. I don't disagree. The thing is, though, is that Alabama <laughs> does play SEC schools more play, often than not. Cupcake teams, dude. Yeah, so. they play the Citadel and like Tennessee School for Driving, but. Yeah, <laughs> Appalachian State. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't knock App State because they beat Michigan a couple, like a long yeah. time ago, and basically they ne- they never stopped talking about it either. I mean, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't either. Yeah. <laughs> I get. I I just get very nervous about guys who played in a relatively weak conference, and then outside of that, they didn't play a ton of people. Like Alabama was the only like mega team that they played. And he locked up Jameson Williams. You have to do that every week in the NFL. Uh, you know what? We'll make a bet then. Wait, Jameson Williams caught seven passes for sixty-two yards when he was guarding. Lock him up. No, when he was no when when he was on he was on him for, I think like fifteen or sixteen plays. He, he wasn't like shadowing him the entire game. Uh, he 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 gave up zero catches when he went against Jameson Williams. It seems like a ticky tacky stat though. It's not though because they broke down the times that Jameson Williams was on Sauce Gardner and he got zero catches. It seems they like had, a made up NFL stat. Like had to move Jameson Williams around because they needed to him to avoid Sauce Gardner. I, I, I believe I'll, you. I'll you. Sauce Gardner has a better year career than Derek Stingley does. Ooh, I don't know about that. 
I'll make a bet. Okay. Your face shield. <laughs> your your first uh your first three seltzers. Mine. I mean, we're not gonna know for like another couple years. We're gonna build a time machine and then we're gonna figure it out and then we're gonna I'm gonna have your seltzers. <laughs> we're gonna go back to <laughs> seltzer land. <laughs> your body is seltzer land. We, we fell in love in seltzer land. <laughs> the seltzer land pun. All right, so what if we kissed under the seltzer waterfall? <laughs> <laughs> we fell. Did you say we fell in love in a seltzer land? <laughs> yeah, we fell in love in a seltzer place. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, who's your asshole of the week? Uh, the entire state of Texas. Oh, it's a lot of people. Yeah, um, pr- primarily the the Tea Party wing of the state of Texas. There was an article that came out in the Washington Post, I believe, last week about how a contingency of parents are outraged at public libraries in Austin about certain books that are being um, provided in public libraries, and they're trying to get books banned. Oh, continuing this awesome trend, huh? Yeah. Um, and it's just... Any, it's- any books in particular they're noting here? I need to find the Washington Scarlet Letter, Scarlet Letter to Kill a Mockingbird. Mostly, it was books about um, like trans issues or like different isms. Um, so the article is from Amy Goen, and I can't read it right now because I don't pay to read newspapers. But do they even make newspapers anymore? There's an NPR article that I can read. So there's. A book called It's Perfectly Normal, Changing Bodies, Growing Up, Sex, Gender, and Sexual Health. A book by Isabel Wilkerson called Cast, The Origins of Our Discontents. And then In the Night Kitchen, which I'm pretty sure is a picture book. But all that to say, there's a number of books that are being banned in these public libraries in Texas because there are these you know, card-carrying members, quote-unquote, from the NPR article of library goers who are saying that these books are a violation of their First Amendment. <laughs> I don't understand the thought process on that one, but okay. So the library if patrons have... filed Wait. a federal lawsuit against officials in Llano County, which is located northwest of Austin, naming the, co- naming the county judge, county commissioners, and library officials as defendants. The group says that the county's government's stated purpose of removing pornographic materials from public libraries was actually a campaign of political and religious censorship. I'm going to just start renting. The thing is, though, is this is a continuous trend. And it says here further down in the article, there has been an unprecedented fourfold increase in efforts to ban books in the last. And I think it's something that is very, very interesting in the sense that this party of anti-cancel culture is like so adamant against like people being able to read books or the free exchange of information when in reality they're the ones that are complaining that they've been banned from all social media platforms. And I think we I think we're all on the same page when we're talking about like there's a difference between saying something that's not popular and something that's like truly dangerous. And more often than not, these are books that people don't agree with. Well, it's there are also the same people that are like, yeah, Elon Musk, free speech. And then they're like, Colin Kaepernick, fuck you. Yes. 
It's 100%. That- and I and I'm so county officials also wanted to ban two books from Overdrive, which is like the the ebook platform that you can download books, a digital catalog that gave library patrons access to more than 17,000 ebooks and audiobooks that the plaintiffs say was frequently used by older residents and residents with physical disabilities, the suit says. Because they couldn't control the titles on Overdrive, the Lana County commissioners instead voted to suspend the use of Overdrive altogether in December. I think this has a really interesting component to who my asshole of the week was last week was no. In the conversation that we had last week about Ron DeSantis and the damage that the, the removing of the tax title for Disney would do is that it ends up hurting other people who are also voters of the, of Ron DeSantis and the GOP in Florida you're now taking all the books away from everybody within this county because you don't like a handful of them. Yep. And, you know, I use my local library. I use my local post office. I do all of these things like a normal nerdy-ass American would. And for me, I would think that a state that needs as many people to read as possible would have some serious reservations about basically banning the use and the ability to read or at least explore other topics or other ideas. The the libertarians are winning. Buy your own goddamn books. That's probably like, it. Yeah. I mean this to, is a this to is put the, your kids in the school of your choosing. But we're talking about we're talking about the same people that were talking about the postal service not turning a profit in the twenty twenty yep. And it's like it's a fucking public good. It's Go not... to fucking UPS. Remember, I remember Dave Rubin telling telling Joe Rogan that if the post office went away today, it actually would cause prices to go down because competition and blah blah blah. And it's like, no, nope. yeah. that's not how it works. What world would that happen? Out of commercial logistical companies, right? What do we have? We have UPS, we have FedEx, DHL. What else? Yeah. Can you think of anything else? There's three. Amazon. Besides... Amazon, yeah. But Amazon also deals with both of them, and they're I'm... specific for a certain type of good, whereas you can actually go to UPS. Delivering UPS something. and deli- and FedEx will actually deliver something for you, whereas Amazon's only delivering stuff that you're buying from them. I have no doubt that Amazon would be involved in some way if if post office was to sees but what i'm saying is like it's again it's just like everything else that we complain about in america of the consolidation effect in which these mega companies are consolidating these industries into one or two big companies and then the prices go through the roof and they don't protect the consumer at all so and it's that like was moving the post office is going to do exactly that so and, what the fuck and, is that guy talking about? You know and ultimately, I mean? that's why the post office was created, because there were alternatives to having your mail sent to your house, but they didn't want to deliver to rural populations, and it was incredibly expensive. And the Postal Service was the one that was willing to do that. The Postal Service was also the one that was willing to deliver your mail for free to you, whereas other people weren't. And I don't know how we got back onto the Postal Service, but... All that to be said, like public goods are designed to be public goods and libraries are more than just buildings with books in them. They're places for people to access the Internet. They're places for people to 
read things that they would not normally have access to. And they're places where God forbid somebody goes and has a conversation with somebody that has an opposing viewpoint. Like if you ever go to the post, if you ever go to a library at night, they have sessions, they have programs, they have all these things. And like, this is back to this like bullshit anti-intellectualism thing that this country is obsessed over that somehow being smart is dangerous and dumb and nerdy. When in reality, you want people who are willing to read because the people who are willing to read and the people who do read are more willing to have an, an expansive worldview and understand how things work. And they're more willing to have a fucking conversation with somebody who doesn't agree with them. Yeah. So committee of individuals who felt compelled to ban all these books in Texas. Congratulations. You're my asshole of the week. You fucking Neanderthals. <laughs> got it. What you got? Um, I am going to take a different direction. People might hate me for my asshole of the week, but a few weeks ago, the studio that's producing uh, Aziz Ansari's new movie, Being Mortal, uh, had to pause production while they investigated issue that had occurred on set. The issue pertained to the inappropriate behavior Bill Murray had allegedly committed he was at evil con um the berkshire hathaway annual shareholders meeting and he was asked about what was going on or what had happened and he didn't give specifics the way in which he explained himself about the complaint he said there was like a difference of opinion with the woman he was working with he thought it was something funny um it wasn't taken that way he then went on to kind of say like, Hey, you know, we're professionals. We like each other's work. Um, we like each other. I think if we can't find peace, then, uh, we're not going to be able to do this. And I feel like being the person who this is levied against, it's kind of bullshit for me to, to for for someone to turn around and say oh you're gonna have to meet me halfway um when i was the asshole you know what i mean like yeah he has a history also of being very disruptive on sets and as much as like the allure bill murray was known to be this goofy like you know goofy lovable guy um i don't know if you guys have ever seen what about bob uh great movie with him i have yeah um, between breaks, apparently he had to keep Bill Murray away from him because apparently he slapped Richard Dreyfus in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, he, as much as I know, Bill Murray is like a lovable guy. He he apparently is not the nicest person. Yeah, uh, Lucy Liu also um, had Angels, yeah. filed a complaint against him for like throwing an ashtray or something when heavy, they yeah. changed the scene. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, that's that's why it's like don't meet your heroes kind of thing, right? Yeah, he he's not known to be the best person. I think it's really shit for him to then go out of his way to then make the statement about it. He could have stopped earlier in in this whole conversation and pulled up before saying, you know, oh, we have to make peace with each other, and he's basically putting it on her from what the syntax of of his you know conversation is, and that to me is just bullshit, man. You fucked up. And yeah, maybe they can't forgive you because we don't know the full, we don't know the full story, and it might be something that's it, you know, unforgivable. I agree. Q, Q, 
Well, I'm going to uh, go with a man named Stu Peters. And uh, I actually learned about this gentleman through a uh, one of one of our favorites, Will Summer, a writer for the Daily Beast. <laughs> Stu Peters is a former bounty hunter. Um, who Jesus. Has interesting thoughts about COVID-19. And uh, he produced a video entitled Watch the Water. Peters interviewed a tired chiropractor named Brian Artis. And the theory of this is that the CDC has planted king cobra venom in COVID-19 vaccines and the water in, in the water supply as well to transfer satanic DNA to unsuspecting people. Uh, so they are now trying to push this idea of, of limiting showers, not washing your hands, <laughs> avoid the king cobra venom that's in the water. So... Um, real, real colorful individual. Tom, you look distraught over there. The thing that bothers me is people will fucking believe this guy. Oh, I mean that, that just, the minute you started saying that, I was like, this sounds like a rip on Alex Jones. Will, Will Summer had some amazing articles. I'll tell you that. Cause you really get to see the belly of the, the Infowars rejects. I mean, these, these are guys that couldn't hold Alex Jones jock. Was this on uh, Fever Dreams? It was on the Fever Dreams, yep. It was? Yeah, two weeks ago. God damn it. Oh, <laughs> he's buddies with Lynn Wood, too. That's oh, awesome. oh, boy. Mark Meadows, Paul Gassar, these are all um, guests that he have yeah. had on this show. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> everybody wants to watch, watch the water. Go I feel like I just stuck my head in a fucking x-ray machine. <laughs> <laughs> it just cranked it to a zillion. 300 Rotkin. It's not great, but it's not terrible. <laughs> yeah. So this, uh, by the way, the in, the apparently this all evolved from a TV show called The Blacklist. If anybody's ever seen that with James Spader. Oh God. Uh, in which the character yeah. Spader suspects he has been poisoned by snake venom in a drink. Peter Harris told Peters, "Quote: They are using the water systems because they can target specific demographics. Like people, people that drink, drink water." water? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he advised, by the way, he advised and this is obviously just Rano only guys. This is obviously just a grift to start selling water filters and shit because he said he strongly advised that you stop drinking any water that is tap water or even bottled water. He said common filters you might buy your in your home cannot be trusted because at least one of the manufacturers are quote owned by the quote quote the cabal. But guess what? There's actually water filters from him that will filter out all the evilness so well specifically all of the cobra venom yeah it's great great news guys what, what's what's in cobra venom specifically that needs special filtering it's cabal God, it's like, venom oh, it's cobras. cabal water we're gonna it's start evil. selling cabal water okay yeah, it's, it's evil cabal stuff it's gonna come worry. in a bag you guys don't seem that psyched about the fact that he has a water filter that stops this guys we're saved. I'm gonna sell Cabal water from now on. It's, it's gonna have. Planet, it's gonna look man. like a Fiji. It's gonna be a bag with like a spot you can put a straw into, and in the background, you know, like with Fiji, it's gonna have like a picture of a cobra. It's gonna <laughs> be great. It's just gonna be Mountain Dew, flaming hot, mixed with sangria, and a little bit of like Cortisone Ten. 
know. You know what they put in it up, man. With some, w, with some WD-40 mixed into it as well. Yeah, without even the straw at the end to just, like, focus it, but it's just spraying yeah. it directly onto the bag. I usually have, like, the little WD in my pocket, and it's, I use it like breath spray, you know? Naturally, as one does. Yeah, yeah so, um, yeah. So, go, guys. That's, uh, I'll, I'll start off pick of the week. Um, there's, uh, HBO is coming out with a limited series based on the Netflix documentary for The Staircase. If I've ever seen The Staircase, an insane documentary in which a wife is found dead at the end of a bottom of a staircase and it's about the trial, basically alleging that the husband killed her because there's no way she could have been as badly beaten as she was by falling down the stairs then there was a whole if you if you do get i'm, I'm going to recommend the netflix document first uh get into that then i also recommend there's apparently an owl theory that played into this uh that an owl attacked her and it actually is somewhat convincing as well uh, but apparent, but like, I don't want to give up too much. If you've never seen the documentary, The Staircase, it's incredible. And there's a dark secret that the husband had that kind of played into the trial and all that. So it's uh, definitely worth a watch. But the HBO uh, HBO is coming out with a, like a limited series based upon the character. So anyway, so uh, it starts May 5th uh, on HBO. But I definitely recommend to watch the Netflix documentary first because it's fucking insane. Got to you go ahead. I started a anthology, well, a limited series. Um, no, I, I started a, a limited series by um, the people that made American Horror Story. They started the anthology series American Crime Story. And hmm. it is the impeachment of Bill Clinton. Oh, slow burn. Yeah, it's a really it's an interesting one. It's got all your favorites from American Horror Story. So Sarah Paulson plays Linda Tripp. Um, Clive Owen is Bill Clinton, and it took me about three episodes to that's find weird. that one out. Yeah. Ann Coulter is played by Kobe Smulders, and that's actually she's oh, really fucking good at that. Perfect. Yeah, she really does a good job at at being Ann Coulter. She got um, the she get the vocal fry down. Dude nails it. Nail everything. She nails it. Um, but it's an interesting considering how much we talk about conspiracy theories and stuff. I feel like this is like a weird origin story to some of those conspiracy theories. I'm enjoying it so far. I'm only a couple. Um, and you can find that on Netflix or on uh, FX, right? That's on. I, I know it's on Hulu. I've been watching it off of Hulu. Gotcha. Yeah. So check that out on Hulu if you want to know about getting blowjobs in odd shaped rooms. <laughs> that's, the, that's the IMDb description. <laughs> that's where I got that from. Yes. Correct. <laughs> oh, no. Um, okay, my pick of the week is one that I've been thinking quite a lot about. It's the Charlotte Douglas International Airport, where you will both be flying in. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Has I'm a actually horrified. Has a fantastic Sabaro, a, a delicious Panda, Panda Express. Um, to be honest, I don't have a pick of the week because I didn't do a whole lot last week. So... By the way, no one has ever put Panda Express and Delicious in the same sentence. Necessity, really. 
Yeah. The thing that I would say is in some cases, there are times where you just need to finish what you started. I'm still working through severance. I finally was able to get through slow horses. I'm still reading the books that I was reading last week. Um, so I'm still plugging away and I haven't been able to get in anything new, but honestly, I haven't seen anything that has been that interesting. Instead of, um, giving us a pick, how about you just give us a reaction on those things that you've been watching or reading? Severance is starting to get good. Um, I'm about six episodes in and it's starting to click and start to, starting to make a little bit more sense. I will be the first to admit it's a pretty slow show and you need to have a lot of patience for it. But I think there is a level of appreciation we should have for shows like that. Slow Horses was good. Um, it's a it's definitely one you need to pay attention to. You can't walk away from the, the TV for too long because you're going to miss stuff. Um, the book that I was reading, um, How the Post Office Created America, is is getting really good. I'm up to like the end of the Civil War and the expansion of the post office and Turns out that the dead letter office within the post office in DC was one of the most popular tourist attractions when people would come to DC. And it was very interesting in the sense that there were 38 women that worked in the dead letter office and only seven men because they considered women to be more trustworthy than men when reviewing letters that had names that were unreadable or addresses that were not complete and back then everyone wrote phonetically so they had to dig through a lot of that stuff and figure it out but <laughs> what so, it's just i'm imagining like the the address that people would write on a fucking letter because they were still pretty illiterate and trying to spell shit out like oh yeah for sure and they were talking about in the book it was it was sharing what how impactful the post office was during the civil war in the sense that by the end of the civil war the union was running low on physical cash and they started to use stamps as currency but also how much mail went between both the north and the south from um like prisoner war camps it's very interesting stuff in the sense that we're thinking about the Civil War as this like absolute all out fight to the death where there's complete animosity on both sides. When in reality, they were allowing both sides to send letters as much and it was completely paid for. American history is weird. American history is very, very odd. And Modern one other thing, American history is the weirdest, by the way. It's definitely the weirdest. It's fucking Twilight Zone versus Big like Venom. Snake venom. <laughs> that theory is holding up more and more. Than... <laughs> but one one thing that was interesting was that in a lot of states there were there were black men and women that served as postal carriers. And one of the arguments that was made before the Civil War was, if you're trusting these individuals to carry your mail, why do you not trust them to be free? Bang. Yeah. Hit him. Hit him with the Mike Breen. Bang. Ting. So uh, my pick of the week is all of my picks that I have not been able to get to, but now I'm finally getting to them. I will have something next week. I promise. I want to, I want to, want to point out that I started the uh, John Wayne Gacy documentary on Netflix and let's just say I'm 
perpetually sick to my stomach after watching the first two episodes. So yeah. Good so that. as as a draft pick, how's he doing for you? <laughs> he's uh he's is he he's performing at he's bordering borderline? he's in Trevor Lawrence territory right now. Oh no. Defense's <laughs> number one pick. This is sick. He's got a lot of upside. <laughs> he's got a high motor. Yeah. He's got a high upside, rising up the draft boards, doing a great job. The more people interact with him, the more people like him. <laughs> no complaints, mainly because they never see the light of day again. Yeah, so basically, like, his method of doing things was, like, handcuffing people as a joke because he's a clown. And then just perpetually torturing them for hours and then killing them. Yeah. All right. Well, on that, that note. The least funny <laughs> thing of this entire episode. Yeah. <laughs> and it had to do with a clown. Yeah. So well, after uh, bringing, bringing the house down, Tom, you want to bring it out? Well, that does it for another episode of the Second Mouse Podcast, um, where we force you to sleep with the lights on and a chair <laughs> under the door handle. This show would not be possible without the listeners like you who are now absolutely terrified and will probably never listen again. So give us a five star or in some cases a five knife review and a review on all your favorite streaming platforms and share this episode with your friends. But I will say if you don't share this episode with your friends, we totally understand. He also sexually assaulted his victims. Noted. <laughs> Lastly, follow the Second Mouse podcast and all your favorite social media accounts. Just don't report us. Um, just search Second Mouse podcast and give us a like and a follow. And you could probably call 911 afterwards after hearing this. We normally share some pretty funny stuff, but we don't normally talk about serial killers. But when we do, we try to make fun of them. Um, so why not follow a page that tools on the world's greatest and most famous mass murderers? Thank you all again, and we'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, let's get me a rhythm. Follow me. We are, we are Walmart. And then he says, and I'm not kidding you, he goes, now clap. Please clap. Just clap for that, you stupid bastard. I need applause to live.